hope you had a fantastic weekend in the wild and wacky world of sports and beyond. We have some fun in store for you today, including a whole lot of Tigers. It is the Clemson Tigers against the LSU Tigers for that national championship game that we have all been waiting for as college football fans. We're all over it as they are in New Orleans. Tony Barnhart of ESPN and the SEC Network. His nickname is Mr. College Football for crying out loud. We've been talking to him for decades. He drops by today as Tigers versus Tigers is front and center. And as believe it or not, there are 15 different ways for you to take in that game, 2020 style. There are nine different television channels, all of them under the ESPN umbrella, all offering its own variety for your consideration. And even beyond that, given modern technology and streaming and apps, etc., there are 15 different presentations total, including the debut of something called the Ref Cast on the ESPN app. We talk enough about the zebras, right? Well, you can now enjoy a game zebra style. There are a whole bunch of other ways to take it in. We'll talk about the matchup. If you're more of an NFL person, as of course, we are celebrating the Chiefs and the Titans and the 49ers and the Packers. Eight have become four. AFC title game. Chiefs will be a seven-point favorite over the Titans. NFC title game. 49ers also at home will be a seven-point favorite over the Packers. Those lines are likely to move. LSU's Tigers, by the way, favored over Clemson's Tigers tonight. And as of late last week, 80-plus percent of the money was on the LSU Tigers as they play not at home. That's Baton Rouge, but right down the road in New Orleans. Clemson fans are there in abundance. So don't worry too much about, you know, the home field advantage for LSU. Clemson fans famously have traveled the nation and even beyond. They like to leave Tiger Paul Prince on $2 bills so that if you had to wonder, well, were Clemson fans really here in large numbers this time for this event or that event or this bowl game? Well, you don't have to wonder as much because your cash register, to the degree that folks are still using cash, is overloaded with orange Tiger Paws on $2 bills. Unforgettable off the field. The Clemson Tigers, unforgettable on the field on their way to 14-0. Remember that LSU is also 14-0. About 30 million or so are expected to be in the TV audience tonight. If you view college football through that pro football lens, as the lines are already lighting up as we play best and worst of the weekend, we will have... Another Tiger on the show. Y'all know Dabo Sweeney, Clemson football coach, has dropped by regularly over this last decade as we broadcast live across the great state of North Carolina in almost 300 cities and towns. Dabo Sweeney's become a regular guest basically for the entirety of his time as the Clemson football Tigers head coach. Brad Brown now of the Clemson basketball Tigers joins us regularly as well. And beyond Tigers versus Tigers for the title tonight, you had the forever streak ending for those Clemson basketball Tigers. They went to Chapel Hill and beat Roy Williams in the Tar Heels. That made, as you can imagine, Roy Williams in Carolina basketball a leading vote-getter for worst of the weekend. It wasn't just 
Cole Anthony's hurt. It wasn't just other guys are hurt as well. It wasn't just the streak had to end eventually. It wasn't just the Hall of Famer Roy Williams saying in the postgame press conference, among other things, fire me, right? He added that he was about as despondent as he's ever been as a college coach. The streak was not only 59 games old. How many streaks are 95 years old? 95 years. That was the start of the Clemson Carolina men's basketball rivalry, or at least the first game in Chapel Hill in that rivalry was 95 years ago. So because of Clemson's overtime win this weekend, a streak that was 95 years old and included a perfect 59-0 home record for the Tar Heels. That streak is over. Brad Brownell's signature is on that streak. The Clemson Basketball Tigers head coach will drop by today. We'll give you the best of Dabo Sweeney as a regular guest on our show. We'll sprinkle that in as his Tigers take on the LSU Tigers. But wait, there's more. Bill Cower and Jimmy Johnson learned they're going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. At the same time as the rest of us learned that they're going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, it actually made for some great dramatic TV that beyond the games, the coaches, the players, Andy Reid and the Chiefs, Derek Henry and the Titans, Richard Sherman and the 49ers, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, beyond the usual best and worst of the weekend votes, the Bill Cower, Jimmy Johnson made for TV live surprises and the tears and emotion that went into those things with, in some cases, family, friends, uh, broadcasting partners, etc., were there to celebrate. Troy Aikman watching his former coach, Jimmy Johnson, get that great honor. It was Jimmy Johnson crying, and it sounded like he was about to hyperventilate. He said he was having a hard time finding the words as he was kind of breathing heavy after being surprised with that honor. Troy Aikman watching from above was at least equally teary-eyed. It was an emotional moment as the NFL, remember, is celebrating its centennial class in the Pro Football Football Hall of Fame. So even more than the usual honor, of course, as Bill Cowher and Jimmy Johnson learned on live TV that they're going to be a part of that Centennial Hall of Fame class. Brad Brownell of Clemson Basketball. He'll talk football as well. He knows Dabo well. He even sends them some plays from time to time. Brad Brownell, Clemson Basketball coach, after what his Tigers did in Chapel Hill, he'll drop by third hour. Tony Barnhart live from New Orleans in our first hour. And, of course, we play every Monday on our statewide platform. Best and worst of the weekend. That allows for you to celebrate whatever. The Carolina Hurricanes not only won twice this weekend, they shut out both opponents with starter P Peter Morazic and his backup, James Reimer, each playing a starring role between the pipes on Friday and then again on Saturday. The Lakers, the Bucks, the Jazz, and others in the NBA. Not just the Clemson Tigers, but Duke, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Louisville. Baylor went to Allen Fieldhouse and beat the Kansas Jayhawks for the first time in their history. So it was a history-making weekend in college basketball, as, of course, college football and the NFL are front and center in your eyes and ours. You can jump in with your question or comment. You can jump in with your vote. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe, and what made it that since we were last together on Friday? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe, and what made it that since we were last together on Friday? You can jump in 
right now. Ed in Winston-Salem must be a veteran caller. He is among those lighting up our phone lines like a Christmas tree. Everybody wants to play. We love calls from all corners of North Carolina. 1-800-849-2761. As we come to those calls, under the most intense scrutiny, this was one of our themes last week here on the David Glenn Show, we circled Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. Why? It was easy to forget because he's about to earn the MVP award for the team that had the best record in the regular season, 14-2 Baltimore. And while putting up run-pass numbers, seriously, not an exaggeration, a combo never seen before in NFL history. Why the scrutiny? Well, you're expected to win if you're the number one seed and you're at home and you have the MVP. But it was easy to forget that Lamar Jackson's only career playoff game in the NFL was last January, and he was horrible. And the Ravens lost to the Chargers. You know he still has haters and skeptics and critics, some of it fair, some of it not. But Lamar Jackson was going to be under scrutiny because he hadn't won a playoff game yet. And if he had a second straight impressive regular season, last year not as impressive but very strong down the stretch, a second straight where you did all those great things over half a season, or in this case a full season, but then you face-planted in the playoffs, you were going to hear it. And indeed, one of the Ravens' own players, cornerback Marlon Humphrey, described his own team this way this weekend. Our identity right now is to get to the playoffs and choke. That's what Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey said. It is what it is. That's the hard truth. Asked the next day to change his choice of words. He said, no, no, I'm all good. That's how I feel. That's the truth. That's the reality. We have to deal with it. Lamar Jackson was horrible against the Chargers a year ago. He was bad again this weekend, certainly by his MVP standards. And what head coach was under the most scrutiny as we discussed it last week? Not even close. If you're a Super Bowl champion and you disappoint, you still have that card in your back pocket that says, I've been there, done that. Nobody's calling for Pete Carroll's head because the Seahawks lost to the Patriots. I don't even think anybody's calling for John Harbaugh's head just because the Ravens lost to the Titans. Andy Reid has a highly seeded team. Andy Reid was at home this weekend. Andy Reid is the guy, top six all-time NFL coaching wins, counting the postseason. And, of course, he famously has never won the Super Bowl and has only been there once, and it was 17 years ago or 16 years ago with the Philadelphia Eagles. That is an unusual combination, like the best golfer without a major victory. Guess what happened? Both Lamar Jackson and Andy Reid experienced Murphy's Law this weekend. If you watched both games early, there were unexpectedly unexpectedly disastrous starts. Andy Reid and Lamar Jackson both dealt with Murphy's Law, both stared disaster in the face. Reid's Chiefs bounced back with one of the largest playoff comebacks in NFL history versus the Houston Texans. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens were unable to do the same against the Tennessee Titans. 1-800-849-2761. Reid and the Chiefs, best of the weekend among many others. John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, and the Ravens out as the number one seed, out after the best regular season in the NFL among the leading vote-getters with the North Carolina basketball Tar Heels.
for worst of the weekend. Todd wants in on Carolina. Steve wants in on college football. Ed wants in on the NFL and college basketball. You can be next. You'll get Dabo Sweeney in his own words all day today. You'll get Tony Barnhart live from New Orleans on the national championship game. You'll get Brad Brownell, Clemson basketball coach, on the Hoops Tigers after their win in Chapel Hill and the football Tigers as they take on LSU tonight. Your phone calls in between before and after starting now. 1-800-849-2761. More of the best and worst of what I saw over the weekend that was with your calls next on the David Glenn Show. Rob Schneider joining us on the David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friend said, hey, you going to watch the NFL draft? It's like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. <laughs> like you see that building over there in a couple of months? There's going to be some breasts in there. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. I've had some great moments as a coach, and I'd say that right now this is my lowest one because losing this game was my fault. I told them if I die tomorrow or 20 years from now, that'll be the biggest regret I have in 32 years as a coach because these kids really need to win, and their coach let them down today. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. A despondent Roy Williams after the forever streak ended in Chapel Hill. Clemson basketball coach Brad Brownell drops by today on the David Glenn Show third hour. We'll talk about Dabo Sweeney's Tigers as well, as they, of course, play LSU's Tigers tonight for the college football national championship. 95 years long was the streak. 59 games long was the streak over those 95 years. And Clemson finally beat the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill. It was 79 to 76 in overtime. Ed in Winston-Salem has one of the NFL's best of the weekend. Steve wants to talk about Tigers versus Tigers as the final game of the college football season is on tap for tonight. Tony Barnhart joins us live from New Orleans, site of LSU Clemson later in this hour. Todd in Kinston has that guy, Roy Williams, and that loss. Clemson over Carolina in Chapel Hill on his mind. All sorts of NFL, college basketball, Carolina Hurricanes, and other best of the weekend. You can be next. Cast your vote. Ask your question. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that as let's go to Todd because he has Roy Williams on his mind and you just heard from Roy in his own words there we'll give you Dabo Sweeney from his many recent visits here on the David Glenn show as the Clemson Tigers head coach seeks yet another national championship it would be three in the last four years for Dabo and Clemson if the, those Tigers beat those other Tigers tonight obviously Roy Williams is a three-time national champion I think it can we can leave it to the Twitter tough guys and the message board warriors to talk about, you know, Roy Williams doesn't have it anymore. Roy Williams should be fired, yada, yada, yada. I've been at this for so long, folks, that if you let the Twitter tough guys and the message board know-it-all warriors make all the decisions, some of them didn't even want to hire Roy Williams because he hadn't yet won the big one. He would always have Kansas in the mix, but he had never won it all, and he was just going to choke at the end all the time. Just remember, the Twitter tough guys' way of doing things would have cost Carolina three national championships. That's what Roy Williams has brought to Chapel Hill. Now, that said, is there fair criticism of Roy this weekend? Yes. Is there fair criticism of the Tar Heels this weekend? Yes. Is there fair criticism of John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, and the Baltimore Ravens 
for following up the best regular season in the NFL this year with an, another second straight lay and egg performance in the postseason. As I said, going to break, and as we come to Todd and Ed and Steve and Philip, 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us. Andy Reid of the Chiefs, because of the no Super Bowl rings, despite all that other success narrative, was under more scrutiny than any head coach going into the NFL weekend. Lamar Jackson of the Ravens, because he's about to win MVP, but because he hasn't won a playoff game yet and he has plenty of haters and skeptics, was under more scrutiny than any player. Lo and behold, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm glad we talked about Andy Reid a lot this past week. I'm glad we talked about Lamar Jackson because they were both unexpectedly staring in the face of disaster. Are you kidding me? You get that far. 14-2 and two doesn't mean anything for the Ravens anymore, right? And what happens? Drop after drop, bad play after bad play, nervous play after nervous play, not just Lamar Jackson, but for the Ravens as a whole. They get off to the bad start. The home fans in Baltimore start getting restless. We told you last week not to make the Ravens over the Titans your lock of the weekend. Why? Because Derrick Henry is that good, and Ryan Tannehill has found himself over this past half season with the Tennessee Titans. I didn't think the Titans were going to win in Baltimore, but I was staying away from the pick because Derrick Henry running that way. Did you know he's the first NFL player in history to have three straight games with 180 or more rushing yards? And he's done it all in elimination games. The last of the regular season and these two playoff games. I mean, that's insane. That's an inc- that, And he also had the Tebow-style jump pass for one of the key plays in what turned out to be a 28-12 win over the Ravens in Baltimore. Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs, to Reid's credit, and of course his players as well, responded to staring death in the face the right way. There was a moment in that second quarter. Remember, it was 24-0. Tennis, it was 24-0. Uh, the Chiefs were down early in that second quarter. And yet they go on to one of the largest playoff comebacks in the history of the NFL, 51-31 over the Houston Texans. When you're down 24-0 to Deshaun Watson, and you could have not, seriously, in your worst nightmare, you don't have your punt returner muffing the ball so that the Texans and Deshaun Watson start inside your 10. In your worst nightmare in the same game, they block kicks in college they don't block punts at the NFL level very often, especially not in playoff games. To have not only a block, but a blocked punt deep in your own territory that rather than falling harmlessly under some guy's belly, so it's just a field position problem, it's scooped up. And of course, Murphy's Law style, another score for the Houston Texans. Andy Reid and Lamar Jackson both stared death in the face. And the Chiefs didn't waver. The Chiefs had that insane second quarter. Pat Mahomes had four touchdown passes just in that quarter to turn 24 to nothing Texans into 28-24 Kansas City. Three of those four, by the way, to tight end Travis Kelsey. And it, this, is, this sounds corny, but it's important as we come to your calls. At one point early in the second quarter, remember Chiefs fans are in a state of disbelief, just like the Ravens fans are saying, where's the team that was 14-2? and two? What is going on here? The Ravens had not lost a football game, home or away, since the end of September. Three calendar months have turned since the last time the Ravens lost a game. And now that it matters again, 
they're getting shelled at home by the Titans. So Ravens fans are in shock. Chiefs fans are in shock, down 24 to nothing. Travis Kelsey, after the game, said that he told a couple of the team's wide receivers that after one of the many drops, Kelsey had one, but the wide receivers, the running backs had him as well. He didn't like their body language walking off the field. Sounds like a simple corny thing, right? Travis Kelsey said, we're not going to lose that way. We're not hanging our heads. We got three quarters almost to go. Quit with the bad body language. Stick to one play at a time, as corny as that is, and we're going to win this game. Sure enough, by the half, the Chiefs had turned things around after a 24 to nothing deficit against a dangerous Houston Texans team. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens never found it, folks. They got more nervous. Their body language got worse. Lamar Jackson was chucking his helmet and barking on his way off the field after a three and out. It's not just Lamar's fault. A lot went wrong for the Ravens. The Kansas City Chiefs, in part because of their trust and belief in their Hall of Fame coach, Andy Reid, didn't waver after some of those early nervous moments that put them in that huge hole. Only three teams have overcome a larger playoff deficit than what the Chiefs just did down 24 to nothing. They had more time to come back again, but they turned it all the way around. Our lock of the week didn't look too good for a while. 51-31 the final. The Chiefs over a game Houston team. The Ravens, it just got worse after a bad start. Credit to the opponent always, right? It's not just Baltimore playing poorly. It was the Titans led by Derrick Henry playing well. Both teams stared postseason death in the face. Only one responded the right way. Todd and Kinston wants to shift back to the Carolina Tar Heels. Clemson basketball is a best of the weekend. Carolina hoops a worst of the weekend because the forever streak is over in Chapel Hill. Todd, welcome to the program. Go right ahead. Hey, Dave. It's good to talk to you again. You too. Uh, first of all, I'm from Kinston, and we're getting a Smithfield chicken and barbecue, so I expect you to head down Nice. That way Congratulations. Cool. So, uh, also, I want to give you kudos for picking or uh, leaning towards Tennessee before that game. I distinctly remember you mentioned that that may be your upset of the of the weekend. I wish I was smart yeah. enough to to just really lay it out there. I'm yeah. I'm more proud that the Chiefs played the way I knew they would. They were my lock of the weekend, but I appreciate you remembering that because sure. uh, people tend to be mean about predictions, and uh, that's yeah. very nice of you. All right. Well, let me get to my point. First of all, I love Roy Williams and I respect him and, and think he's awesome so I'm not here to criticize Roy but what I found interesting in his press conference was the fact that he said he just forgot to tell the kids to foul yeah to me that should have been the whole strategy during the timeout not just as they're running towards the court hey guys remember to foul I mean that needs to be the plan right there in the in the huddle and now these poor kids have got to answer to Michael Jordan James Worthy Vince Carter and all those guys at alumni weekend Listen, I tell fans all the time when they're unreasonable with their criticism, I'm telling you, Todd, you are exactly reasonable with your criticism, including as you introduce your respect for Roy Williams. Anybody who doesn't realize Roy Williams is one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time at the college levels just doesn't know what they're talking about. I mean, again, leave the goofiness for message board warriors and those folks. The reality is both. Roy Williams is one of the best college basketball coaches of all time. And Roy Williams was part of the disaster against Clemson this weekend. Roy Williams contributed to the problem. What do most coaches say is one of the greatest tests of their ability? They'll say, in their own words, 
How does my team execute in situations we've practiced over and over? From Dean Smith to Roy Williams, whether it's the scramble defense or the four corners offense, or how many times have a Dean Smith or a Roy Williams coached Carolina team, you know, down 10. They were up 10, remember, against Clemson with, 10, with, with two minutes to go, roughly. The Tar, Tar Heels were up 10 on Clemson. Roy Williams and Dean Smith coach teams are as good as anyone I've ever seen. If you're down 10 with two, three minutes to go, the whole foul, push the ball, find a three, lots of times on set plays, get it inside, get to the free throw line, cause the whistles to blow. I don't know if there's anybody better in the history of college basketball as those guys teaching those circumstantial things that they practice all the time. It's not magic that they're good in those situations. It's that they focus on it in practice between games. Roy Williams, in those last two minutes, not only contributed to the Tar Heels' meltdown by, and this is taking his word for it, he forgot to tell them to foul. Every coach has an answer to the, you're up three in the final seconds. Do you tell your defenders to foul? Opponent has the ball down three. Clock is at whatever, 10 seconds. In this case, Clemson had it with 12 seconds to go, down three in regulation. They end up winning in overtime. Amir Sims is the only all-ACC candidate on the Tigers roster. He's a very good, diverse kind of forward. So Roy Williams says he forgot to mention that his philosophy is to foul. Not every coach is not every coach answers that question that way, but they all have their answer. Roy says his answer is to foul. So, you know, Clemson would be down three, but they'd be sending somebody to the line unless they get an offensive rebound. You, you get the idea. So Roy's philosophy is to foul. Somehow he doesn't say it in the huddle. And, of course, Murphy's Law, the Tigers' Amir Sims ends up hitting the three-point shot to send it to overtime, and Clemson wins. In the same two minutes, folks, Roy made that mistake. Remember, he had some veteran players who practiced fouling up three. So somebody could have remembered, even though Roy forgot. That didn't happen either. They weren't all freshmen on the floor, right? Brandon Robinson, a senior, had a blind backcourt cross-court pass under pressure seniors don't do that like that's not forcing a team to end a forever streak that is helping them end the forever streak garrison brooks is a junior he's been around and played a lot of ball for the tar heels and roy williams as well he's got amir sims what's amir sims greatest ability to hurt you when you're up three and I, they, I think they inbounded with 12 seconds to go. By the time Amir Sims took his three-pointer, there were only three or four seconds to go. So if you're Garrison Brooks and you, like Roy Williams, forgot that you're taught to foul in that situation, wouldn't you be in Amir Sims' jockstrap forcing him to try to dribble by you? Like, you're up, you're up three, and there's now three seconds to go, and Amir Sims has the ball on the wing. So there's a massive mental mistake by a really good player, junior forward Garrison Brooks, the Tar Heels' best player without uh, Cole Anthony, of course. Brandon Robinson, a senior, another of your better players, blind cross-court pass rather than making Clemson foul you as you're up, you know, 10 with two minutes to go. Leaky Black had to hide your eyes bad inbounds passes that good teams just do not make under pressure. I mean, these are not, on a 10-point scale, small errors. It's a Roy Williams with a 10 out of 10, a Brandon Robinson with a 10 out of 10, a Garrison Brooks with a 10 out of 10, and Leaky Black with two hide-your-eyes, what-are-you-thinking 
inbounds passes when, remember, you earn the right to be the inbounder because they have you as the guy in practice all the time, specifically practicing late game and similar, you know, high-intensity situations. It was a train wreck, folks. It'd be one thing if this was one of the better Clemson teams we've seen or they really, you know, just played a great game. They didn't. They didn't. Clemson was down 10 with two minutes to go. The Tar Heels had to help the Tigers win. Credit, Brad Brownell is going to join us. And, of course, Amir Sims hit the three-point shot. The Tigers won in overtime. There's, there's credit to be given anytime somebody wins that sort of a game. The forever streak is over, but Roy, Roy Williams and his best players all not only mildly contributed, it was heavily contributed. The Tar Heels... Forever streak lost to Clemson basketball was a debacle. And it is true that this is the least gifted UNC team Roy Williams has ever had. That's true. It's also true they were still without Cole Anthony and two other injured guards. But when you have a 10-point lead with about two minutes to go and a three-point lead in the final seconds of regulation, you don't lose unless you do a lot of things horribly wrong. And that's why the Tar Heels were justifiably among the leading vote-getters for worst of the weekend. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Michigan State got pasted this weekend. Top 10 Spartans by Purdue. And, yes, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Those were the, best of, those were the worst of the weekend. Best of votes all over college basketball, the NFL, the NHL, the NBA. We'll get to more of those with more of your calls. 1-800-849-2761. Tony Barnhart, live in New Orleans. It's Tigers versus Tigers for college football's national championship. There will be more than a dozen players on the field tonight who project as either day one or day two NFL draft picks, meaning top three rounds. Heisman winning quarterback Joe Burrow on one side, and then Trevor Lawrence, whose numbers have been almost as good late in the season for those Clemson Tigers who have won two of the last three national titles. Trevor Lawrence still hasn't lost a college football game. As the Tigers starter, he is 25 and oh, what happens tonight? We'll talk with Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart, next on the David Glenn Show. Mac Brown of the University of North Carolina. We got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, and the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest has the well-earned nickname, Mr. College Football. You can actually follow him on Twitter at MRCFB. Great work for the SEC Network, ESPN, a lot of others over his many decades-long career. Tony Barnhart's joining us live from New Orleans. It's the LSU Tigers against the Clemson Tigers. Tony, Happy New Year, and thanks for joining us again. Since this game is, of course, not at LSU's Death Valley, but down the road there, in New Orleans, have you sensed in the build-up to this game uh, any kind of a home field advantage for LSU, or are you seeing orange and you know two-dollar bills with tiger paws on them all over New Orleans as well? Oh, I'm seeing orange everywhere. I mean, we—I I, I was talking to Reese Davis in the airport in Atlanta, and here come the Clemson people with their two-dollar bills with the tiger paws on them. So, no, they're out here in full force. They'll, the stadium will be more purple, of course, because you're on 80 miles down I-10 to Baton Rouge, but uh, 
I don't think the crowd is going to make a big difference. I think uh, I think those two quarterbacks are going to make a big difference. Las Vegas says the LSU Tigers are the favorite, uh, and yet they're both 14-0, right? Trevor Lawrence of Clemson still hasn't lost a game as a starting quarterback in college football, but Joe Burrow of LSU is the Heisman winner and just had maybe led maybe the best passing offense in college football history. Do you see LSU as the favorite, and if so, why, or do you see this more as a coin flip? Uh, I see LSU as a slight favorite. I've got them winning 35-31. Because uh, it's almost one of those things where it's meant to be. Uh, everybody knows the story of Joe Burrow and coming from the state of Ohio and uh, you know him being finally matched up with an offense that could uh, match his skill set and take advantage of what he does. And Ed Orgeron having the courage to make a radical change after a 10 and three season. So I think at the I think at the end of the day I, I got to go with LSU. But I told somebody this morning I'm. I'm not going to be at all surprised if Clemson won this game because Clemson proved a lot to me in that in that semifinal with Ohio State. Clemson seeking their third national title in the last four years. LSU, remember, 1-1 under Nick Saban after the 2003 season, 1-1 under Les Miles after 2007. They're seeking their first. The LSU Tigers are under Eddie O. Uh, LSU has not won that national title since 2007. Even these upperclassmen have not tasted the college football playoff prior to this year the way Clemson's guys have. Do you think that matters as, you know, there's, what is it? ESPN is offering 15 different ways, Tony Barnhart, to enjoy this game tonight, including nine dedicated television channels. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I love that. I love it. I love the one where they got the coaches Me too. talking the game. I, love, I, I think that's awesome. You know, I, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I, don't, I don't think the fact that LSU hadn't been in the playoffs for, uh, really matters because they've been to Tuscaloosa. Okay. They've beaten Auburn. They've beaten Georgia. They've played in hostile environments. And, and you, know, they, you know, you go to Alabama and win. Uh, I was at that game. Uh, you, you, pay, you pass all the tests. So I don't, I don't think the fact that they haven't been here is going to matter because they played in a bunch of big games. Every time I read a preview of this game, it's hard to find anything that either side is not described as great at. And yet, mm -hmm. when, when you kind of just, I don't know if we're nitpicking or what, but LSU is just nice defensively against the run. Uh, Clemson does rush the passer well, but they don't really have, you know, that single edge rusher the way they've had in year, years past. What might be a weak link in the chain for either side tonight? Because you know that's what these coaches have been studying in the video room uh, in the two weeks leading up to this. Well, first of all, the running backs, Travis Etienne and Clyde Edwards-Elair, are going to play a very big part in this uh, because there's so much emphasis uh, on the quarterbacks. One thing I will tell you about LSU, and I, we saw this in the SEC championship game with Georgia, LSU is incredibly talented. they got three pros playing in the secondary. But during the course of a game, they're going to give you two or three chances to take shots down the field. Georgia did it. Couldn't, couldn't connect. But there are going to be some opportunities uh, to take – and Alabama did it with those great receivers. So look out for Clemson to run the ball, do this and do that, but to take two or three big shots down the field. And if they can hit on those, 
they got a real shot to win. Tony Barnhart with us. Follow him on Twitter at Mr. CFB. The Joe Burrow numbers are ridiculous. You know, video game yep. type things. 78% completions, 55 touchdowns, only six interceptions. When I look at through the NFL draft kind of eyes, obviously Joe Burrow is going to be a high first round NFL pick. They talk about what five or six of his targets are going to be in the NFL as well. Oh, yeah. But they say Absolutely. they do not have a dominating offensive line. Like how how are they putting this together without a dominating offensive line? Well, they have gotten better as the season goes along. They did win the Joe Moore Award, True. which yeah. goes to the nation's best offensive line. So they have gotten it, – actually, it was a weak link in their team a year ago, and they've gotten better and better and better. And if you look at the last four games, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been much more productive, and they've figured out how to use him better. So that, that – you know – it's really not a weakness, but it's an area where they've really improved as the season's gone along. Speaking of lately, there was that weird stretch midseason where I think Grant Delpit was either out or, you know, slowed by injury, and they gave up a whole bunch of rushing yards, and that dramatically has changed as well. What's going on there? Because we often hear about LSU as DBU, and it sounds like a group that struggled a little bit is, is now a strength. Well, what happened – DG is remember that they play Alabama in a, in a 45-41 kind of game, one of the biggest wins in the history of the school to go into Al and beat Alabama in that setting. The next week they play at Ole Miss against John Rice Plumley, who is the fastest quarterback you're going to see, and they just weren't really prepared for it, and they were flat coming off that game. So I think people read too much into that game, and, and I, I think they have become a pretty good team now against the run. I don't know all these numbers off the top of my head. You might. But when we watch tonight, we all know Eddie O's story. We all know Dabo Sweeney's story. Aren't we also talking about like $5 million worth of defensive coordinators? I mean, are, are Brent Venerables and Dave Aranda like setting the bar in the history of college football for those who do not sit behind the head coach's door? It, that's why they're the two highest paid guys in the country because you yeah. can't let them go. I mean, Brent Venables has been unbelievable this year and his ability to adjust uh, during the course of the game. It's, it's been incredible to watch. And so uh, there's a reason those two guys are the highest paid in the country because they're really good. You know a lot of these guys. The coaches' film room, for those who don't know, nine different ESPN channels. If you choose the ESPNU option, you will get the new BC guy, Jeff Halfley, who came from Ohio State, the Eagles' yeah. new head coach. Mike Gundy of Oklahoma State, so we get a little mullet action. I know Gary Patterson of TCU has done it in the past, and he's really thoughtful. And Derek Mason of Vanderbilt. Uh, those guys are going to be right there in the studios here in Charlotte, uh, ESPN studios there. Uh, what what made you like that version in other settings compared to you know 14 other options tonight? I love it. I love it because of their ability to anticipate what's next. Is what you, what you got to do as a coach, and they're sitting there. Well, he's going to. He's got a cover two here, and he really needs to be bringing one guy off the edge, and uh, the nub formation will work well. I'm going like, I, of course, I don't know 
what they're talking about, <laughs> but it sounds really interesting. <laughs> so it's 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 really it's really really cool to listen to these guys. It's funny you probably work so much you don't get to hear home team radio broadcasts, but anybody who tunes into the ACC network gets Don Munson and that crew, and anybody who turns oh, yeah. into the SEC network, you're all, we're all watching the same game, but the SEC network would have the LSU radio call. The ACC network will have. The Clemson radio call. You didn't imagine this back in the 1970s when you started covering college football, did you? No, and I, but I think it's really cool to do the uh, to do the hometown guys. I just think that's really a lot of fun. I'm with you. Did you give an official pick for tonight as we let you go? And thank you for your time. Oh yeah, you gave, I you gave, pick, me, I you gave me the number. I, I, I picked Clemson 35-31. Thanks for listening, man. Oh, yeah, I, excuse me. I yeah, you LSU picked LSU 35-31. That's LSU 35-31. That's my bad. You said that in the course of this interview. My, my apologies. Tony Barnhart on Twitter, at Mr. CFB. He has Tigers. He has the Tigers tonight. He can't lose. Thanks for joining, I man. Have fun. Go, go Tigers. Yep. <laughs> well done. That's an Eddie O version of Go Tigers. I believe that one is spelled G-E-A-U-X. Go Tigers. 1-800-849-2761. Brad Brownell of the Clemson Basketball Tigers drops by third hour. The forever streak is over after 95 years. Clemson, 0 for 59 in Chapel Hill in men's basketball, beat the Heels in overtime this weekend. 79-76 was the final score. Roy Williams and the Heels, worst of the weekend, the vote-getter, leading vote-getter. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, another leading vote-getter for worst of the weekend. Best of the weekend is all over the place. Andy Reid and the Chiefs, Derrick Henry and the Titans, Richard Sherman and the 49ers, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, but also hats off to Clemson basketball. Brad Brownell does not have one of his better teams this year. Remember, he took the Tigers to the Sweet 16 in 25 wins two years ago. It was one of the best Clemson basketball seasons in the history of the school. Sweet 16 and 25 wins. That happens at some of the schools we follow all the time. That doesn't happen at Clemson very often. Brad Brownell, former UNC Wilmington head coach here in our backyard, has his fingerprints all over that story from two years ago, and now the Tigers win in Chapel Hill. We'll talk Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson football Tigers with Brad Brownell when he drops by a little later. We'll come back to your calls. It wasn't just Clemson with the big win. Duke looked great again, dismantling Wake Forest. Trey Jones has become one of the very best players in the Atlantic Coast Conference. He was phenomenal on offense and defense as the Devils just hammered the Deacons. Virginia Tech had a nice win over State in Blacksburg. Syracuse went to UVA and beat uh, uh, the Cavs in Charlottesville. Louisville went to Notre Dame and beat the Irish in South Bend. Baylor got its first ever win at Allen Fieldhouse, taking out the number three in the nation, Kansas Jayhawks. Auburn is still undefeated. Archie Miller and Indiana. Joe Dooley and the ECU Pirates got a nice basketball win at Minji's this weekend. Over 12-2 and SF. One of the better teams in the American Athletic Conference. Wes Miller and UNCG took out Furman, one of the other best teams in the Southern Conference, at Furman with our guy Isaiah Miller leading the way for the UNCG Spartans. Roy Williams could use a point guard like Isaiah Miller right about now. I don't, I don't think trades are possible in college basketball, even though Wes Miller uh, calls Roy Williams his mentor. Those guys are incredibly close. The Spartans have a great point guard, and the Tar Heels, until Cole Anthony is healthy, have basically nowhere to turn at that position. Steve, Aaron, Ed, and others want in. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. 
Mike Lupica. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene, and, and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see when people say, oh, stick to sports. Who passed that law? You're listening to the David Glenn Show. Tony Barnhart in the book says the Tigers of the Tigers prepare to play tonight in New Orleans for college football's national championship. Those other Tigers finally beat the Tar Heels in basketball in Chapel Hill. Brad Brownell will join us. That's third hour. That leaves hour number two for more of your best and worst of the weekend, more of your reactions to the NFL Elite Eight matchups that churned out the Chiefs, the Titans, the Niners, and the Packers as the winners. More of my thoughts on tonight's college football matchups, the weekend games in the NFL from Saturday and Sunday, the Tar Heels lost to Clemson in basketball, the Canes are on a roll, and more next. He's the UVA head basketball coach, Tony Bennett. You always believed in us. I guess you were the wind beneath our wings. There you go. How's that? <laughs> Do we but, have uh, background music that's for That's right. That? That's Bette Midler. There we go. Keep it right here on The David Glenn Show.